Hello, it's Sunday again. Well, actually, it's not. I'm recording this in the week before Sunday. You'll be listening to this on Sunday. Well, actually, it might not be. It could be Monday or Tuesday. (laughs) Shall I shut up? Okay. I'm Ray. (laughs) Welcome to another podcast episode. Driving test. I've got notes here. Tricycle. Roller skates. First bicycle. These are all uh, emails and things I've had from people. Let's just start off. Oh, by the way, raise rants, if you want to email me, raise rants at protonmail.com. There you go. Okay, driving test. Uh, where are we? Um, I've lost oh, my bit of paper now. Where's my bit of paper? Hang on. Here we go. Colin. No, that's it. Colin. He says when he first took his driving test, it was a lot easier than the test is these days. Is that right, Joe? I can't remember. Um, he says that what he did was he was quite lucky because he had a car. He bought a car, or his dad bought it for him, I think he said. And friends of his that had passed their test, they just sat with him. You know, they're off out for the evening. They used to go to pubs. I mean, I remember doing this. Drive to a country pub, have a few beers and then drive back. This is the very early days. Were, were there breathalyzer tests? I don't think there were. I can't remember. It's that long ago, honestly. A lot of people used to just drive to a country pub and then drive home again after a few beers. It was, I suppose, back then, there was a lot less traffic. So if you if you were swerving around the road a bit, no, I don't mean driving drunk, but people were obviously over the limit. What that's got to do with this driving test, sorry, Colin, I don't know. But um, yeah, he was saying that, um, at least it was to do with it, because Colin was saying how many people passed their tests the first time. He did. Yeah, I did first time. I remember that. And yeah, everyone, well, I say everyone, most people drove to pubs out of the area or even into town. I remember driving into town. There were three girls. (laughs) We haven't mentioned girls for a while. There were three girls I knew, only friends. One of them was a neighbour of mine, uh, lived a couple of doors away because I, when I, when I lived at home with my parents. I used to give her a lift into town, we're going clubbing, and I'd pick up another one from uh, the opposite direction and this other girl, and I'd take them all into town and we'd you know, park the car. We'd go into a, this little pub. Everyone met in the pub before the club. And, you know, we'd have a few drinks and a chat and stuff. It was great. It was, the thing is, it was nice back then in a way because you could have girlfriends, you know, you weren't necessarily, uh, what is it, an item <laughs> or, you know, three items in one car with me. No, no, oh, don't imagine that. No, don't imagine that. So driving test. Yes, a lot of people got their car early on. It was easier getting cars then. You know, you could buy some old banger. Well, not an old banger, but get something, you know, for 100 quid, 200 quid and you're on the road. Or even before your test, you know, you've got a car. So, as I said, you can have friends sit next to you. You're driving around. By the time your test comes along, uh, you're well into it. You know, you've been driving for miles. <laughs> it was it was a good way because it's different now. The whole thing is different now. OK, um, what we got next? Eleanor. Eleanor says, do I remember tricycles? The little tricycle, I do. Yeah, I had one when I was, what, five four or five years old. Fantastic. I went everywhere on it. By everywhere, I mean up and down the drive because I didn't go much further. No, I did go out of the street. These are memories, by the way. Emails that I've had, people's memories from the past, 
what it was like back then. Just different different memories. No no theme this week, really. Nothing to hook the thing on. Was it no hook to hang the thing on? So, yeah, my first tricycle was... Fa- well, my only tricycle was fantastic. I moved on from a pedal car. <laughs> Listen to it. A pedal car. I moved on to a tricycle. It was great. I really enjoyed that, my, my tricycle. I don't know what happened to it in the end. Probably sold it or something. We sold our piano. No, we didn't. We bought a piano for sixpence. Because back in those days, people didn't want pianos. They were giving them away. And we got this one from someone down the road. And I remember we went to have a look at it. And they said, sixpence? So, all right then. And they delivered it for sixpence. I, I think they had some sort of big trolley. We lived in a bungalow, so that was easy. How about that, a piano for sixpence? <laughs> I don't know. Mind you, now I see pianos for, for free. You know, piano free to collector. Because people don't, well, they've got the room. I think that's the trouble these days. They don't have the room. I'd like a piano. I started piano lessons several times years ago and I was getting on pretty well at one stage, actually reading music and playing the piano with both hands from the music, uh, the sheet music. But I, I don't know, it's, the years went by and I sort of gave up. It's a shame, really. I wish I'd kept, kept that going, but not to worry. So, Eleanor, yes, I do remember I had a tricycle and it was great. My first piano teacher, she was lovely. She was younger than me, quite an attractive young lady. She moved to London. She said, oh, this will be the last lesson once when I was there. And, I, oh, that's a shame. Why? Oh, I'm moving to London to go and live with my boyfriend. I thought, well, that's nice. And that's nice, isn't it? Here I am doing well with my music and my both hands. And she's clearing off to London, which she did. My next piano teacher was an old lady. She was good. She was really good. I forget her name. Why is it, apart from this one piano teacher, they were all old ladies? Isn't that strange? The third one I had, I forget what happened to the second one. She Perhaps she passed away. The third piano teacher I had, she was good, but she was an old lady. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to her in the end. No, I don't think anything happened to her. I left. Things happen, don't they, in life, you know? I didn't have time for that anymore. Things happen, things change. Very difficult. Also, I ended up without a piano at home. So that, you know, it's no good learning the piano if you're going twice a week, two hours a week. You've got to have a piano at home to practice. Anyway, forget the piano. Roller skates. Barry says roller skates. Did you have roller skates? Of course. Did I have roller skates? Of course I did. Uh, I've got quite a lot of people emailed me actually this week. Uh, Memories, you know, from the old days. Um, First bike, roller skates, car. I actually got pretty good on my skates. I used to whiz up and down the pavement outside the house. and I could do a, a quick turn. I could whiz round like in a circle like a ballerina. Well, not quite. But I got really good on the roller skates. I could go really fast and stop pretty quickly as well. All the kids had roller skates. Oh, a friend of mine down the road, he had a really nice pair of roller skates with decent uh, ball bearings, uh, ball bearing bearings if you know what I mean. Whereas mine were just phosphor, bronze, you know, just ordinary old cheap bearings that, of course, wore out after a few weeks. And he used to pump grease into his bearings and that, and go faster. And I used to envy him, his roller skates. Fantastic pair. Never mind, not to worry. My first bike. Now, this is, who's this? Teresa, hello, Teresa. My first bike, learning to ride. Oh, damaged knee. For some reason, I had shorts on. How old was I? 
I've no idea, no good asking you, you don't know. Anyway, I had shorts on because I was a young lad and I got on my first bike you know, with the big wheels. I don't know why I didn't have a smaller bike. Um, I don't know what happened. I must have, I think I'd gone from the tricycle to the, the proper full-size bike. So I could only have been kind of six or seven. Ah, oh, that's right, because my dad put blocks on the pedals. Do you remember that? Anyway, I'm trying to ride this huge bike. It was too big for me. Of course, I fell off. Now, rather than practicing on the grass somewhere in the park, I was on the road. And the road was a gravel road. You know, like all the fine gravel. So, of course, I came off the bike. My bare knee bashed and scraped along the gravel. Oh, blood. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Never forget. It was in Lansing, West Sussex, down on the coast. Lansing. We were over there because that's where my grandparents lived. So I, I can even remember the road. Yeah, I even remember the road. So that's my first bike. Uh, what else have I got written here? Let's have a look. If you can hear bashing around in the background, that's my wife, young Trish. She's downstairs. We're having baked potatoes, my favourite. Put baked potatoes in the oven, OK? When they're done, cut them in half and then put cheese on top and put them back in the oven so the cheese melts all over the top of the, the two halves. Brilliant. With salad. And loads of salad cream. Oh, I'm starved. Now, another... Let me see. Let me see. Uh, where are we? Kate. Hello, Kate. What her question is, <laughs> your first girlfriend. Oh, do we have to? She has put here your first proper girlfriend. Well, my first girlfriend was when I was eight. Her name, was, what was her name? Colleen. I think it was Colleen. Was she Irish? Eight years old. We were both eight and we walked back from school holding hands. And that was it. That was my first girlfriend. I know what you mean, Kate, by proper girlfriend. I know exactly what you mean. And uh, no, that wasn't Colleen. I have one or two others. My first proper one, her name was Lynn. Um, won't mention her surname. I, I saw her on and off throughout my life. You know, we bumped into each other here and there. She was lovely. She got married and then divorced and stuff. Stuff happens, doesn't it? That's life. Stuff happens. And we used to bump into each other every few years. <laughs> or more. I think the first time, yeah, more than a few years, the first time was... Um, oh dear, because we went out with each other when we were both at school and I must have been in my late 20s, mid-late 20s when I first bumped into her, then again in my 30s, possibly 40s, quite a few times because yeah, we both live in the same town, so you're bound to, I suppose. Anyway, she was lovely, Lynn. Yeah, she lived up in the countryside. I used to cycle up there on my bike because uh, obviously I was still at school. And uh, she lived right next to this farm. And we used to go in the haystack there in the summer. Wonderful, lovely days. So, yeah, that was my first proper, <laughs> as you call it, Kate, my first proper girlfriend. And that really was nice. I don't know why we split up, really. I think what happened was we both left school and went our own ways. As I say, stuff happens. That reminds me of that record. Is it Billy? I never get it right. Billy Arthur and the Furies, isn't it? Or Billy Fury and the Arthurs. No, that's not right. When you were sweet 16. I love you as I loved you when you were sweet 16. Except we were younger than that. Anyway, that's enough said about that. <laughs> now, what's next? I think that's the end of the emails, isn't it? I thought I had more than that. There's still a lot of bashing around going on in the kitchen downstairs. And I'm, I'm getting really hungry now. Now, the weather. Hang on, I haven't given you the weather here today. Uh, again, blue sky. 
15, sorry, 16 degrees under our patio roof out the back. 16 degrees. Sunshine, really nice. Went out there, shirt sleeves, absolutely warm. Well, comparatively speaking, absolutely lovely weather. So that's the weather forecast. Well, not the forecast. It's meant to be getting colder this weekend. Ah, now, haven't told you, have I? This weekend, I won't be here Sunday. I'm hoping that I'm able to put this uh, episode on on live, you know, publish it from my iPad because I won't be here at the computer to do it because I'm going away. We're going to a, a, one of these music weekends. I don't know whether you've heard of that. Dare I mention Butlins? We're going to one of these music weekends. So we go off on Friday and we come back, uh, is it Sunday evening or Monday more? I can't remember. And I've got to endure that. I mean, sorry, enjoy that. <laughs> We're going, there's four of us. No, there's six of us going, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, six of us all together. It's all right. It's a, a bootleg ball or something. It's all tribute bands. And some of them actually are pretty good. In fact, we've just booked up for next, is it next November? Uh, locally, we're going to see a Pink Floyd tribute band. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Pink Floyd, brilliant. Love all their stuff. And so does my sister-in-law. So we both love it. My wife isn't too keen. Her husband's not too keen. But uh, we both love it. So they're going to endure our music for a change. Because <laughs> I've, I've got to go to Butlins. And I have to admit that I don't like it. I don't like it at all. As soon as we get there... Oh, no, hang on. Let me just tell you what I'm going to do. The plan is... You know, I've got that little recorder that I take out into country and I say, oh, look, you can hear the birds singing. I'm going to take it to Butlins with me. And I'm going to do a podcast from... Well, not from Butlins, but, you know, a recording and put it all together when I get back for the following Sunday's episode. Now, already you're saying, I'll make a note in my diary to give that one a miss. I can hear you saying it. You're writing it down. Don't listen the following Sunday. Now, there won't be music on there because of copyright stuff. It'll just be me complaining and moaning. Oh, here we go again. We've got to go into this venue tonight and listen to some more noise. Uh, sorry, music. <laughs> and there's um, what is there? There's a pizza place, Papa John's. We go in there. That's not too bad. I might complain in there. Going to wear my little lapel microphone. So I'll give you a running commentary. Yeah, I can tell you about the people there. Actually, I better not because it. It. I do tend to be rude especially after a couple of beers, I'll be saying, look at the state of that. Uh, right. Anyway, that's something to look forward to or not. That's not this Sunday when you're listening to this. It's the one after. Goodness knows what the date will be, but uh, you'll find out anyway. Talking of being rude, my sister-in-law, she says, Shh, shut up, shut up, be quiet, <laughs> because I talk quite loud about certain people. I'll say, I'll say, well, she's obviously not on a diet. <laughs> And uh, oh, uh, dare I say any more? I don't know what it is. I'll say, OK, who hasn't washed? Someone stinks. <laughs> Some people do. Have you noticed? Well, you probably have. Some people smell. I don't know why, but my sister-in-law says, that, yes, they do, but it's not my place to point it out, especially shout it loudly across the room. <laughs> so I won't be doing that. But I'm quite looking forward to doing the podcast episode, making all the little recording snippets and... Uh, put it all together when I get home uh, into a, a proper Sunday episode. Might be quite good. It might be rubbish, so I might not do it. I might just erase the whole recording. We shall see. Young Trish has just brought up a biscuit. She's doing a lot of cooking. A lemon-type 
looks like shortbread around biscuit, but it's a lemon, I forget what she calls it, lemon something. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm supposed to be losing weight, talking to people being overweight. I seem to be putting on more and more weight. I'm getting bigger and bigger, like a balloon. So I'm going to have to do something about that. I've got to get beach body ready. Is that right for the summer? Beach body ready. Something like that. Talking of the beach, when I was young, I used to drive down to the beach just wearing swimming trunks. You know, drive down there, park the car. All you've got to carry is a towel. Cigarettes are lighter, of course. Wasn't it awful the way everyone smoked back then? I remember leaving my towel on the beach while I went into the water and my cigarettes are lighter under the towel. People used to nick stuff, you know. I'd see them. You'd be at, you're out in the sea and you see a chap walking along, kicking towels aside to see what's hidden under them. I remember that. I, I never had anything pinched and you know, one or two people did, um, did you know, catch whoever it was. But uh, I remember people doing that. You had to be very careful. And of course, you had to be careful of tar. You know, is it from the oil, the oil tankers in the English Channel? They used to wash out their oil tanks with seawater. And of course, that would all then come up on the beach and solidify. And it was it was like bitumen, tar, awful stuff. You had to be very careful where you sat. And once it's on your clothes, you can't get it off. Well, you'd have to use something like petrol. It just ruined everything. And of course, there's a lot of dead birds, uh, dead fish that have got tar on them mainly birds. I remember seeing them all along the kind of shoreline, dead birds washed up where they'd just been covered in this tar and they couldn't move, of course. I suppose they just drowned. Talking of drowning, I've got to look out for frog spawn this year. Well, not drowning, because it didn't drown. Last year was the first year we'd ever had frog spawn. The pond's about eight years old and we had loads of frog spawn. It's not a big pond. And I was so pleased. I thought, great, we're going to have millions of little frogs and with tadpoles first and then little frogs everywhere. It all died. All the frog spawn died. We had one very cold night. So what I do now every day, well, about three or four times a day, I go and have a look. The minute I see frog spawn, I'm going to put some kind of cover over the pond. I don't know how to do it quite, but um, I don't know, prop something up over the pond just to keep the frost off, the ice, you know, the very cold air because the pond froze and it just killed all the frog spawn. I think it was that anyway, it must have been that. There's nothing else that would do it. In each little round, you know, the little jelly thing with a little black dot in the middle, the black dots went white. And apparently that means they're dead. I looked it up online. As I do everything, you look it up online. So I'm hoping this year we'll get some tadpoles and about half a million <laughs> frogs hopping around the back garden. That would be fun. It's annoying because... I keep hearing of other people, especially last year. Oh, we've got frog spawn. One chap found some in a bucket. He had a bucket of rainwater outside somewhere in the garden and a load of frog spawn ended up in the bucket. Somehow a frog must have jumped in there and put the spawn in there and cleared off. They do say that they'll even do it in puddles or wherever, wherever there's water. So I've got this special pond all set up, especially for frogs, no fish, perfect for frogs. And what happens? or <laughs> well, the frog spawn dies. Oh, here we are. I have got more emails. Here we are. I put them on another pad. Ah, yes, Claudia. Hello, Claudia. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. She says, do you remember uh, the Spaniard pub in Worthing, where I live? That's my town. Well, I do. I, it's now Boots the Chemist, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't been down there for years. I remember the Spaniard because I got thrown out of there 
back in 1960 something or other. A four or five of us went in there, I think it must have been four or five, and we went up to the bar and we each bought our beer, sat at a table, and this chap came over, he was the, the governor, landlord or whatever. We were halfway through our beers, just sitting there, chatting and smoking, and he said, drink up lads, you know, when you're finished, off you go. And we sort of looked at each other and looked at him, what, hey, sorry? <laughs> After you finish that, off you go, you know, don't even here tonight. So we had to finish our beer and we didn't know what we'd done. That happened another time. Uh, yes, yeah, so I do remember the Spaniard. And another time, uh, the Warwick. The Warwick is still there. I walked in there with a friend one evening. We just wandered in. You know, we weren't rowdy or anything like that. Quite uh, smartly dressed. Sometimes we'd wear suits. We'd go out in suits. I don't know why we did that. And we went up, just walking up to the bar. And this chap came up again, the landlord, presumably. He, he came over to us. Not tonight, lads. So we looked at each other, looked at him, and what? Not tonight, lads, off you go. And we, we, but well, we're thrown out, weren't we? That is being thrown out of a pub. I should have mentioned that Claudia used to live in Worthing. She's now up north somewhere, Sheffield, I think it was. She says, I've just made a note of the pubs here that she's mentioned. The Jolly Brewers, that has gone. The Clifton, in the same road as the Jolly Brewers, that has gone, Claudia. You think there's no pubs left in Worthing? No, there are, there are a few but a lot of them have gone, really, a lot. I don't know how many, but I, I would say to be, well, without exaggerating, 80% of the pubs have gone. You might think that's not possible. So, all right, 70% then. We'll go for 70%. Talking of uh, percentages and gambling, have you seen all these adverts on TV about gambling? I think someone's trying to get them stopped. There are people now saying, look, this is silly because it ruins people's lives. I know someone, I've seen him for years, gambling ruined his life. It really did. He he lost his house. You know, he owed money and, oh, it was a dreadful situation. It was sad to see it happen over a lot of years. Ended up living, well, I don't know, I won't go on about that too much. But, um, yeah, I don't think they should have all these adverts on telly because they were saying on the news the other day how easy it is now. Anyone on their phone... They can just gamble, all these gambling sites, you, you download the app and you can gamble and people get into trouble. It's all very well people on telly saying, uh, what is it, be gamble aware or something and be careful what you do. I mean, that doesn't help. People get hooked on it and it ruins lives. So I don't know. Why did I talk about gambling? Oh, because I was saying percentages. So I reckon 70% of the pubs that were around here have gone. It must be at least 70%. There are so many. I remember a few years ago, a couple of friends of myself, we started listing them, writing them down. There was the Victoria, the ship, the Buckingham. Can't remember them all now. There were so many that have gone. And of course, they don't come back. They've gone for good. Such a shame, isn't it? I remember when people first started doing what they call the, the booze run, the booze trip, get the ferry over to France, go to the hypermarket, buy a load of cheap booze and cigarettes and bring it all back here. Of course, it was a fraction of pub prices because then supermarkets started doing the, the cheap booze. That didn't help the pubs. And the funny thing is, well, I thought it was funny, the pubs kept putting up their prices. You know, the supermarkets are doing special offer on beers and spirits and the pubs are doing the opposite. They're putting prices up. And of course, a lot of people couldn't afford to go to the pub anymore. I mean, even now, we go to the pub sometimes, but 
Well, in fact, the other day we went to our local club to see a live band there. That was brilliant. And the, the booze is so much cheaper than an ordinary pub. All these various clubs, working men's clubs, conservative club, labour club, you know, all the various clubs that go on, football clubs locally, they do cheap uh, beer and spirits. I don't really know how the clubs can afford to sell the the beer and the spirits so much cheaper. I mean, a bottle of wine, you go into a pub and ask for a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses, which they'll do, it's twice the amount that you pay in our local club uh, for, you know, for the same bottle of wine and two glasses. I don't know. It doesn't matter why. Just thinking about pubs, there was the half brick down on the seafront, the half brick. That's now flats, I believe, or one big house. Uh, the Globe, that was a nice little pub, The Globe. That's now back. I think that was a house you know, years ago, and now it's gone back to being a house. The Dolphin, that was a nice pub. That's now a Tesco's supermarket, you know, one of these little, uh, what do they call the small supermarkets? I don't know. The Elms pub, that was a lovely pub, the Elms. That's now a flats. They made the whole lot into flats. That's the last gone. Uh, I, honestly, I could go on and on with pubs. It's such a shame. But let's go back to tricycles for a minute because there's something I've always wanted and that's a, a full-size tricycle. You know, the big full-size adult type one. You see them now and then and they look brilliant. You know, the three wheels, the big wheels, fantastic. There's no balancing. You just sit on the thing and turn the pedals. It's great. I've, I've never owned one. I don't know where I'd keep it because they're quite wide, obviously. Whereas a, a bike, you just get it through a narrow gap. But I've always wanted one of those full-size tricycles. That would be terrific. And going back to skates, I remember my son. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Here's the thing. He had a skateboard, not when he was a kid, when he was older, in his, what, tw late 20s? I can't remember how old he was. And he, was, <laughs> he used to go around on this skateboard. I never actually saw him on it. I think he sort of tried to hide it from me. But, uh, you know, they were great fun, weren't they? I never had a skateboard. I'd probably just fall off the thing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's... Funny, isn't it? Looking back at the, the pubs have gone and the things we did. A lot of the shops have gone. Businesses have gone, of course, from the local high street. A lot of the little shops have gone. But uh, it's all the changes, isn't it? It's interesting looking back, back in time. It's fascinating. That's why I love doing these podcast episodes, because it reminds me, as well as everyone else, it makes me think back to those days. And, and I'll think, oh, I remember this. Oh, what about that? Yeah, it's fantastic. Just things come to mind from, what, 50, 60 or more years ago. Talking of pubs being converted into flats, I heard on the radio uh, the other day about mortgages. You, know, you, you get a flat, you, you get a mortgage and buy a flat. In my day, going back to the 50s and 60s, I remember people that rented would say, oh, how can you afford a mortgage? Oh, you don't want to pay out all that money. You've got to do all the maintenance on the place yourself. Why don't you rent? It's so much cheaper. Do you know now it's the other way around? Heard on the radio, this uh, woman talking about it. I forget who she was, some MP. She was saying it's now dearer to pay rent each month than a mortgage, the cost of a mortgage. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The thing is, young people can't get a mortgage because you need such a hefty deposit. Yeah, you need sort of 20 or 30,000 pounds to put down. And who's got that? How can they save that? It's just impossible, the whole thing. But in the old days, that's something else about, as I was saying, I like looking back. 
It was far cheaper to rent a place than to get yourself a mortgage. And now it's completely reversed. It's sad, really, isn't it? That all these people now that can't get mortgages, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Of course, also back in those days, I've got to mention this. I popped round to, not back in those days, recently I popped round to a friend's house. He, uh, I spoke to him and he said, do you want some coal? I said, oh yeah, we've got an open fire. And he said, I thought you had. Do you want some wood? And I said, yeah, we'll have some wood. This is great. So I popped round there. We arranged at a time. And I've picked up a load of coal, a Fred Scuttle, as he called it. Do you remember Benny Hill? Fred Scuttle. <laughs> uh, a coal scuttle, which is a lovely one. Loads of coal and a load of wood. Now, the thing is with the wood, I mean, we do burn the wood. It's the right type of wood. It's dry. I don't mean the right type. I mean, it's, it's good to burn. That hasn't been banned just yet. I don't think. I'm not sure. Probably has. The coal is smokeless, so that's okay. But yeah, we had a whole car full. We put the back seats down. We've got a whole car full of coal and wood, which is great. So that's nice of him. Talking of the car friend of mine the other day, he said, I've just bought a dash cam. Now I've got one. We've had it for about five years or more. And it's okay. It, you know, it hasn't got GPS and all that, but it sort of works. And he bought this one. It was on offer. Then this other friend said, oh, I'm going to buy one. So off he went. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to get one. Anyway, it turned up and I've just been fitting it in the car. It's brilliant. It tells you if you drift across the motorway, you change lanes. I don't know how it works. It tells you, it doesn't tell you, it beeps. And then a thing comes up on the screen to tell you. Um, it's got the GPS, of course. If you break the speed limit, it beeps to tell you. Uh, what else does it do? Oh, it beeps all over the place. Probably driving around the bend, actually. It'll probably tell you it's driving you around the bend. And it really is good. And you can get an app on your phone to look at the, the videos or photos. You can tell it also if there's an incident up front you can tell it to save the, the video. You can tell it to record, tell it to stop. You know, you can actually talk to it, although it doesn't talk back. It's pretty good, actually. I'm looking forward to, well, when we go to Butlins at the weekend, I'll have it uh, working then so we can just see how well it is, how good it is. I'll go racing up behind a car in front and see if it tells me I'm too close. No, I won't do that. I'm joking. Before you all write in, I'm joking. This friend of mine with the wood, his wife makes rock cakes. Now, she knows I like rock cakes. She found out about two years ago. And very often they pass in the house here and they drop off some rock cakes. When I, I rang and I said, I'll, I'll be around this morning. That, yep, that's fine. We'll be in. Uh, he told his wife, or Ray will be around later. She made rock cakes. She only had about an hour and she made these rock cakes. So when I got there, got a whole bag full. They were still warm. Lovely. <laughs> so it's funny, isn't it? Making me rock cakes. I don't know. I do like all this home cooking. I know that people say that the, you know, the price of food is horrendous. You buy these things. Oh, it costs a fortune. It doesn't if you make stuff yourself. Time and time again, you hear programs where people are saying, look, cook your own stuff. Buy the cheap vegetables and this, that and the other. Make your own meals like a nice casserole. You know, it doesn't cost a lot. It does if you go and buy them ready made, of course. I'm no good at cooking. I used to help with the homemade curry. But to be honest, I just got in the way. Now, my son, here's the thing. He makes curry. I've never sampled it because he lives in America. And he can't post a... a <laughs> he can't post me some curry. It costs a fortune. Postage back and forth from you know, UK to America. Goodness knows why it's so expensive, but it really is. It costs a fortune. We can't send the, 
grandchildren, uh, you know, Christmas and birthday presents, it, it just costs 10 times the price of the actual present itself to post it. Mind you, we sent some cards a couple of times and they didn't turn up. That was one of these online card places. You know, you design your card and stuff like that. And they never turned up, so I don't know what happened there. Talking of grandchildren, again recently I've been asked, what was it like in your day, Grandad, when you were our age? You didn't have a mobile phone. You didn't have an iPad. You didn't have a computer. You didn't have an Xbox. Oh, it goes on and on. You didn't have this. You didn't have that. What did you have? It's funny that we're still on that one, even though they're getting quite a lot older now. I suppose the older they get, the more they realise what they've got, which makes them realise even more what little I had. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. It is funny, though. I used to make homemade beer, talking of making food and stuff. I used to make homemade beer. I, I didn't do it for very long. I had an accident. I made this beer. It was a kit. And I put it all in the bottles and labelled the bottles, put the lids on, and I put them in my mother's airing cupboard. You know the airing cupboard where the hot water tank is? I put them in there. They had to be in there to ferment or whatever. I don't know what they do. And most of them, I forget how many, there must have been a couple of dozen, say 20, 24. Most of them exploded. They, they obviously fizzed up inside and exploded in the airing cupboard. I got home from work and I thought I'll check the beer, open the airing cupboard door and everything, all the clean clothes that have been in there, soaked, broken glass everywhere. Goodness me, my mum went mad. <laughs> that was the end of the homemade beer making. I don't know why I thought of that, but a lot of people used to do that in the old days. They'd make beer themselves. You could buy these beer making kits, not properly, you know, not buy the hops and do it properly. It was just a kit. And what did you get? You put in the finings. Yeah, I think it was called finings. And you get the yeast and all the stuff. It was quite good fun. It tasted absolutely disgusting. I do remember one or two bottles that were <laughs> not um, in pieces. They hadn't exploded. I did try the beer and it was pretty foul. There were also wine making kits. That was disgusting. A friend of mine used to make, uh, was it rum? He had a huge melon and he'd dig out the centre of the melon, make a little hole in the bottom with a knitting needle, fill it with brown sugar and then the liquid that dropped out of the bottom into a glass was supposedly rum. Well, that, <laughs> that tasted disgusting. I tried some of that. That really was disgusting. I don't know whether it was rum. I don't even know whether there was any alcohol. Uh, I suppose the sugar, did that turn to alcohol? I don't know. I've no idea. But a lot of people made stuff back then, apart from all the mums doing the baking, the pies and everything like that. A lot of people made their own beer, their own wine. I knew a chap, he tried to, <laughs> he tried to make his own vodka or jit, whatever it was, spirit. I don't think he knew what it was going to be, but he, he made this sort of thing to distill whatever it was and it would drip out this copper pipe on the end and he'd drink it. I didn't even try it just in case it was like 5,000% proof alcohol, you know. <laughs> I just thought, no, 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 I'll keep well away from that. But I don't think that was successful. Highly illegal, of course, as well. Another chap I knew tried growing tobacco. I don't know where he got the plant from. It probably wasn't even a tobacco plant. Uh, he grew this thing and he smoked it. You know, he rolled it up in a cigarette and smoked it. I had a puff on that and that was disgusting. It doesn't work, does it? All this stuff making, you know, your own things from home. Except my brother-in-law's brother, he used to make beer and he did buy the hops 
Uh, now Kent uh, is a one big hop garden, isn't it? Or it was the Garden of what do they call it? The Garden of Eden, well, for something like that. Kent, uh, that you know, loads of hop fields in Kent, and he used to buy hops and make the beer from scratch, not a kit. And I did sample that once or twice, and it was very nice. I have to say that really was nice. No, hang on, I got that wrong. It wasn't a melon, was it? It was a marrow, you know, the big long marrow, like a massive cucumber. He hollowed the centre out of the marrow. He didn't hollow it out all the way down, left a couple of inches at the bottom, where he made a hole with a knitting needle for the liquid to drip out. Yeah, it was a big long marrow, not a melon. And that was supposed to be rum. But as I said, I don't think there was even any alcohol in it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was disgusting, that's all I remember. If you want to email me with any ideas, thoughts, suggestions, complaints, it's raiserants at protonmail.com. Raiserants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. Uh, what else have I got on my list here? Let's just check my bit of paper. Have I done? I've got Alex here. Oh, Alexa. Screw that up. Alexa. You can't say that because there's stuff all around the house that says, I can't help you with that or whatever she says. I don't know what she's talking about. She bursts in. We're having a chat sometime, you know, Trish and I'll be having a chat. And she says, sorry, I can't help you with that, or I don't know about that. What? Who's talking to you? You can, you can tell it to stop, okay, and she will stop. You can tell it to shut up. Try this. And you can also say other things to make it stop. Um, loosely translated, meaning go away. You can say all sorts of things, and it does understand. But it is annoying when you're having a chat. I was on the phone to someone the other day and Alexa started joining in. She's chatting. And I had to say, hang on a minute, shut up, Alexa, shut up. <laughs> and you can talk to your telly, can't you? You can talk to the, now I can talk to the, um, the camera, the dash cam. What's going to happen in, let's say, just 10 years' time? There'll be bits of equipment around the house talking to you. They won't just beep. You'll have the toaster talking to you do you want me to do the toast a bit more or is this brown enough? And it'll pop up to show you. Oh, a bit more, please. And it'll pop back down and cook it a bit more or brown it a bit more. You have the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, are you there? I've done the washing. Do you want me to add the, the softener? <laughs> yes, just get on with it. I've told you once, get on with it and add the softener and be quiet. Then the tumble dryer will kick off. I think the clothes are dry. Do you want to check? No, I don't. Go away. I'll tell you what, there won't be lonely people living alone in the future. They'll have all these machines talking to them. They'll be glad to get out somewhere on their own, go and sit in the garden shed for a bit of peace and quiet. Uh, yeah, we can laugh. We can laugh, you know, oh no, that's all silly, that won't happen. But it is happening, isn't it? It's happening already. I used to think about Star Trek. I used to like the original Star Trek in the old days with uh, Captain, what was it, Captain Kirk? What was he, Captain T. Kirk? Anyway, and Spock and all that lot, and Bones. And I remember people saying, all this will be reality one day, this will happen. You know, when they flip the little communicator over and beep, beep, beam me up, Scotty. People used to say, that we'll have that sort of thing one day. And we did mobile phones. Do you remember flipping the little lid open to talk on your phone? Were they clams or something? Clam phones? We actually did. Oh, we haven't got the USS Enterprise, admittedly, yet. But uh, we will, we're getting there. And as for the transporter, I don't think I'd go in that. It kind of dematerialises you, doesn't it, and puts you back together again. I, I don't know whether I'd trust that. Anyway, there we are. The old TV. Good fun, wasn't it, the old TV programmes? 
what was it I saw the other night? The Time Tunnel. I forget which channel we were on. We were looking for something and this sci-fi channel came up and it was the Time Tunnel from the 60s. And initially I couldn't remember it and I thought, yes, I can. I remember that. It was dreadful then and it's even worse now. <laughs> Happy days. So the BBC are going to go through all the old episodes of Dad's Army and edit those. Do you remember It Ain't Half Hot Mum? That programme where they, um, who is it? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, you know, I can't remember that. Windsor Davis was one. What was the other chap with a deep voice? I can't remember. But that, that they're going to take off. They're not going to, well, not take off. It's not on, but they're never going to show it again. So that would just go away into the archive somewhere. It, what a shame. I mean, back then, it, you know, in its day, it was acceptable. But now they say it's not. I don't know. I don't know what the BBC are doing. They've gone mad. Did you hear about that thing with Boris? I don't normally do politics, but uh, Boris Johnson's, you know, the old prime minister, he's out in the Ukraine having a chat there to the, Euro U I can't say, Ukrainian. Oh, that's good. I've got to be careful how I say that. The Ukrainian prime minister. And they take, you know, Boris is taking questions from the press. And this BBC journalist pops up. Do you think you've done enough to save your skin? Now, what about the cake and all this? Not, I forget exactly what he said. What is going on about that? When Boris is out there trying to stop Russia from invading the Ukraine and this BBC chap's going on about some cake or whatever. It wasn't the cake. It was, do you think you've done enough to save your uh, was it parliamentary? No, prime ministerial skin or something. I don't know. In the old days, I know I'm always harping on about this. I shouldn't really. In the old days, they used to read the news. News people would read the news. Now they read out their views. And we don't always want their views. It's There isn't a news channel. Someone put on Twitter the other day, does anyone know of a news outlet, radio or TV or whatever, online, whatever, that just gives you the news, not their own views. And everyone's saying, no, there is no such thing. No, no, no such thing. I don't know. What's that going to come to? People are talking about, was it defund the BBC? Get rid of the TV licence. Um, oh, who was it? I, uh, Ian, was it Ian? From, oh dear, Australia. About, they used to have licences and stuff like that. That all got abolished years ago. Um, I'll have to look the email up. I'm awful at names and I've got bits of paper everywhere and I'm just terrible at remembering things. And of course, it's all right writing something on a bit of paper. I will then look at it and think, well, what does that mean? If I write something like car radio, what's that mean? Car radio? I know what a car radio is, but in what context, what reference, what's that mean? The car radio. Of course, then when the podcast episode's all finished and done, I remember, oh yeah. I woke up up past three this morning. Half past three. I've run out of sleeping tablets. The doctor's going to send me some more. Half past three. I couldn't go back to sleep. I'm listening to a fox in the garden. Well, not in the garden because we've got rabbits somewhere around down the back alleyway or someone's garden. A fox kept going, arr, arr, arr. I can't do it, but it was a fox. And I'm just sitting there awake. Well, we're not sitting there. Head on the pillow, looking at the ceiling, listening to the fox and thinking... Now that podcast, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Oh, and I must do the car tyres. Yeah, I must check the car tyres and I better check the oil. And it goes on and on. Do you get that? On and on. Your mind, it goes round and round and round. And yeah, I can't go to sleep. It, I did in the end, I think it was 
I remember last looking at the clock at five because I heard the chiming thing in the hall and I looked at the bedside clock, which is actually an Alexa show, as it was a screen, telling me the temperature outside. I don't want to know the temperature outside. Five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> anyway, I sort of went back to sleep for a while, but now I'm tired. Is it all part of getting old? When I was 18, here we go, when I was a boy, I could go clubbing till two or three in the morning and then be at work the next day at eight o'clock. Fit as a fiddle. What do I used to say, fit as a fiddle? That's a good one. I did. I'd go clubbing till two or three in the morning and then at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm at work. I wasn't tired. It was great. I was ready to do it again the next night. <laughs> Mind you, that is quite a long time ago. Oh, I've just had a terrible thought. I'll be at Butlins when you listen to this. I mean, I do like, no, I don't like Butlins. There's no point in lying. Think of me. If you listen to this Sunday morning, think of me. I'll be there. Butlins, Bogner. I'll be there waking up in the hotel room. At least they've got hotels now on the Butlins site. And they are nice. Lovely bathroom, proper shower, you know, a decent TV. There used to be sheds in the 50s. Well, not sheds. Well, they were a row of wooden chalets they were called they're basically sheds that's all they were uh, with a sink there were no telly or anything like that that's what they were and then they went on to what did they call them apartments or something they they weren't too bad but they were still pretty awful but now the hotels i think they're doing away with all the other accommodation and it will all be hotels in the end and they are nice they're really nice they've got a lift they're modern as I say, the bathroom, the shower, it's really, really decent. That makes the whole thing bearable. Is it? Well, no, I lied. Almost bearable. <laughs> anyway, think of me this Sunday. I think I'm back, um, am I back Sunday afternoon or so? I think it's Monday morning we come back. Yes, it's the entire weekend. So it's three nights of music, the Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. That's it. I like the Sunday best because I'm going home the next day. <laughs> I, don't know. I go because Trish, my wife, she loves it. She loves all the music and the tribute bands. So does her sister and her husband. They love it. And these other friends, but they all love it that we're going with, except me. And I sit there, I try to look as if I'm enjoying it. Yeah, what do you think of this band, Ray? Yeah, terrific. Great. And I'm thinking, oh, hurry up, Lend. Please hurry up, Lend. I walked, there was one year, I'm going back about six years, it was awful. It was really awful. And it got to about 10 o'clock. I mean, they go on to gone midnight. Got to about 10 o'clock. And I said to Trisha, I'm going to go back to the, it was the chalet then. I'm going back to the chalet or the, no, the apartment, whatever. And she said, okay, you know, I'll see you back there later. Uh, walking back, I tripped over a step. There were some fruit machines on a big kind of platform with a, a step. It was only about two inches high. And I didn't see it. I tripped fell, ripped my trousers, uh, gashed my knee, and I landed on my side, on my shoulder. And I had, you've probably heard of a frozen shoulder. I had that, it didn't get better for six years. That's another reason. <laughs> I can't blame Butler. Someone said I should have sued them. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sue people. But honestly, I went to a physio at Worthing Hospital and the chap said, right, I can either inject something into it or you can do exercises uh, yeah, exercises or do nothing and it will get better. So I said, I'll do exercises, which I didn't. 
I did nothing and it took six years and even now it must be well when was that no it um, must be more than six years ago anyway even now probably eight or ten years later I still get the odd bit of pain in my shoulder from that damage and I, I blame I blame the tribute bands for that <laughs> I wasn't drunk I'd only had a few bit I don't drink I don't like drinking too much I hate it I only have a couple of beers your brother-in-law said, oh, do you want another one? No, I don't. I walked home from the club the other day. I was worried about COVID. We are down the club watching the live band. It got to, they're coming up to half time. You know, these bands have a half time. And I thought, I don't want to do this. I came home. I left them all there. It's only around the corner. I came home. I, I was worried about COVID. It was packed in there. A lot of people. And I looked around. None of the windows were open. There was, in the end, quite a fresh draft coming from somewhere, so someone had opened something. But I was worried about COVID. And to be honest, I'm worried about COVID this weekend at Butlins. And I said to Trish and her sister, if the places are jam-packed and we're in there like sardines, I will go out to one of the other bars and sit outside. It's under a big tent. Have a look on the map. Yeah, I haven't said that for a while, have I? Look on Google. Find Bogner Regis in the UK and you sit down on the seafront, okay, and you will see some big, like, top, like, circus top type things. You remember the big top, the circus, huge tent things. That is Butlins. <laughs> look at me on the map. Well, you won't see me, but look on the map and think, that poor devil is in there. As you're listening to me, you can point on the map. Look, that's where he is. <laughs> now, that's enough. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Behave yourselves. I shall see you on Wednesday. Look after yourselves. Take care. Don't get COVID. Keep well. And uh, yeah, Wednesday for the midweek message. And think of me while you're listening to this. Bye for now.